0: Hello, hello,
1: hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon, and good night is because we are lucky enough to be here on Radio Italia Uno from Adelaide, and we have people listening to this program from all over the world at the moment, Um, 18, 19, 20 different countries, right through Africa, uh, North America, South America, and Europe and all over Australia. And there's several universities in Asia and Southeast Asia. So welcome to everybody. Thank you for listening to us. We are also being podcast, um, Podcast City Adelaide. And uh, so we're on Radio Italia Uno and on uh, podcast on Happy Business Radio. So anybody else that you'd like to encourage to listen to this program is on Happy Business Radio. And you can find our podcast there and all the different shows that we've been doing. I just want to say thank you to our guests that we've had in the last couple of weeks and especially uh, the people from Africa, Asia, um, the people in Turkey that were there. Um, We've had a fantastic response and I just want to say thank you. We've had some emails that um, came to me and a couple of messages on my phone telling me that uh, a little idea that they picked up from here, how it helped them to pass an exam. And somebody at the university sent me a, a thing saying, oh, thank you so much for your show. It was such a touching message, really. I, I just want to say, look, and I've said it all the time every week, I say the same thing. It's not really me. It's not me and my show, but it's me and my guest. It's my friends and my guests that come on. They are so talented and we we have such, such great variety of talent. Ron is here with us every week doing the podcasting. He gives us his five cents worth all the time we keep giving it back to him. But <laughs> but look, we have a lot of fun. But more importantly, the information that is shared is so valuable. And um, thank you to the people that uh, sent me messages. And And today we have another very special guest, a friend of mine that I've met through the comedy club. We've become closer and closer friends. And it's very interesting. The more you get to know about a person, sometimes you're more the like them. <laughs> but uh uh, our special guest today is Ben O'Brien. So Ben, welcome to Radio Italiana Welcome to our program. Happy business.
2: Thank you very much, Peter. It's an honor to be
0: here.
1: No, it's a pleasure to have you, Ben. And just, just for the sake of letting people know a little bit about you, you know, and I'm still getting to know you, but it's a pleasure. Now, the fact is Ben's been in a business called Sybiz, S-Y-B-I-Z. So you can look it up. It's Sybiz. Cybiz. And he's been running that particular company with one of his partners for over 15 years.
2: Yes, that's correct.
1: And the business itself has been going for over 40 years. And the the interesting thing about it, we talk about business and and being happy in a business and how to be happy in a business and how to run a happy business. Cybiz, now we're not knocking anybody, but saying Cybiz is an international company, international business, and it changed hands a few times. And then when um, they sort of abandoned you, I believe, yes. and then you, you think, well, hang on, what, what about us? What about me? You know, we're here in Adelaide. What about us? The parent company didn't look after you. And it was interesting how you said to me, you were talking about it off air, at how the, the parent company didn't look after you. You just sort of said, hey, what about us? In most cases, companies like that would have folded or a business like that would have folded but you are a lot smarter than that, a lot more intelligent than that, and you said, "Hey, why don't we just take over?" So you tell us the story of what happened. How long have you been in business, and
2: uh, you've worked for Cybiz for quite a while? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's twenty-three years tomorrow. Oh wow! When I started. So. Happy birthday <laughs> to you! And so <laughs> happy uh, anniversary. I, I worked my way up through the company over those first few years, and uh, not so much through putting my hand up, but just opportunities presented and. Uh, I was tapped on the shoulder for them, which was quite a a nice uh, position to be in. And then, as I said, uh, when we got to around about um, 15 years ago, we did have a a global company take us over and gave us no real direction as to what to do with our really talented development team. So we had a bunch of people there that really had no direction. And we kept on sort of asking, you know, what can we do? Do we retain these staff? Because we don't want to, they're very hard to replace. Mm -hmm. and in the end, it was just a matter of saying, okay, well, if you can't give us that direction, then how about we set our own and would you sell us the company? Isn't
1: that amazing? I mean, you know, like here's a, a, an international company who's got a wealth of talent here and they just abandoned you. <laughs> you well, know, well, like in a way, you know, you've got to think of it in a, in a, a different sort of way, but, you know, they, you've got a, a pool of professional developers, you know, software developers, and all of a sudden they they've sort of ignored you and saying you know look we'll worry about this company and that this and this business this business and the, the the one that you said hey what about us what do we what do you
2: want us to do yes and, and that, that was the case where there were multiple acquisitions in Australia at the same time by that global company and mm-hmm. and i guess in some respects to our credit we were one with the least of the issues to at least of the fires to put out, so they kind of did ignore us to a certain extent. While they worked on those higher priorities, and and uh, yeah, the rest kind of fell into place to where we are today.
1: But look, I admire the fact that you and and your partner sort of decided to on the door, put your hand up, and said, "Hey, listen, what's happening here? Can shall we take over?" I mean, that's
2: that's a gutsy move. It's uh, kind of what fell into place that way. Uh, just um, if you if you sort of think through it. That was the only real option for us. Uh, mm-hmm. We could either keep sitting back and, and waiting and waiting and waiting and, and perhaps lose some of these talented people that we had on, on staff because they would be bored out of their brains. Yep. And it just sort of, that was really where where the cards fell and there weren't really any other options to, to uh, not risk losing such talented staff.
1: Yeah. So what I want to know from a business point of view is what made you or your partner you know, decide, hey, look, what do we do? You know, th- at some stage, you must have thought from from a manager's point of view or from an employee point of view, you thought, hey, this is – what made you trick? You know, what was the, the thing that tipped you over to thinking into as a owner or take over the company? Because
2: that's a big decision for a lot of people to make. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, you are literally putting your house on the line when you make that decision. And uh, <laughs> so it, it's not an easy decision to make. And for me personally, I'd never – owned my own business, and it was something that I did want to achieve throughout my career. Mm -hmm. So that was a motivator for me as well. And the company itself had been through quite a few phases since I'd been with the the company. So we had uh, the Asian currency crisis in the late 90s. We were taken over by a South African company in the the late 90s. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, Y2K, and that presented its own problems because using a farming analogy, we had a, a bumper season, a lot of people upgrading their systems, and a lot more staff on the books. And then all all of a sudden the the sales cycle sort of dried up because people just replaced their systems and the company lost a a fair bit of money and a lot of staff had to go. I was in my late 20s and Mm -hmm. having to choose which staff to make redundant. Wow. Um, And so there was a lot of pressure on me personally and to the extent where we really shrunk the company in terms of headcount. And for me, because I was still fairly young, it's like, I want to hang around in this company, I believe in it. I want to be part of restoring it to a profitable uh, company that I know it can be. And this was you know, still many years before I part-owned the company. Yeah. Uh, I just believed in it. And, uh, yeah, so it was just um, that belief that continued through that process of going, okay, okay, we'll buy the company now. And I guess the downside of that was the the work that I'd done in uh, working with the others to make the company profitable again mm-hmm. meant that when it came to buying it, it cost me more <laughs> money. <laughs> so you stabbed yourself in the foot. Yes, yeah, yes, definitely
1: <laughs> Yeah. So, but, you know, like th- there's a lot of things that happen in businesses and we talk about this every time, you know, and what is it that makes a business profitable? What is it, wh- what turns it to make a bit more profitable? Who controls that? You know, like just so many businesses because of this COVID uh, worldwide are, are suffering so bad And yet there are some businesses during this COVID that have tripled and quadrupled, you know,
2: and and gone up, you know, tenfold. Yeah, most definitely. And a lot of it is luck and uh, being in the right place in the right time. So one of the advantages of our company is our customer base is just incredibly diverse. So Mm -hmm. when the lockdowns first happened, we had a couple of customers ring us up the next day and say, look, we're folding our business. We, We can't continue anymore. And that was obviously very sad. And then there's others that, uh, you know, they supply the likes of Bunnings. And mm-hmm. so they went gangbusters uh, doing 12 months turnover in one month because everyone was running down to Bunnings and and spending their money there. Yeah. And uh, and we have other customers in the tourism sector that uh, have done yes. it uh, quite hard as well. It, Yeah, I guess just that diversity of customer base from our point of view is, is what allowed us to uh, continue fairly successfully through that period as well. Yep. Um, we didn't grow as much as we had in the preceding years mm-hmm. but the fact that you know we didn't panic we kept our staff no one lost their job and the, the staff were very thankful for the way we looked after them and through the working from home and, and all of that as well it was a uh, yeah very interesting period
1: so you and your partner now own like a 5050 share of the of this cybers uh, Australia or cybers Adelaide or uh, so there's,
2: uh, what have we got? About six companies in the group. Yeah. Uh, so there's, uh, one company in New Zealand and one in Ireland and a few other companies here in Australia as part of the group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, we own 50-50.
1: Yep. Excellent. So the other thing that comes to mind is who did you have as mentors? Who did you have as, as coaches? What, what helped you to uh, ch- make that change, you know, because a lot of people saying, oh, look, you know, any idiot can run this business <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, and keep saying that. And then all of a sudden they become the idiot running the business, yes. <laughs> you know, so there is a there is a, um, a thing there, whether you, you know, who coached you, who who helped you, you said that you're over or at some stage in your life, own your own business. And you were quite young when you were thinking that way. Some people don't think that way until they're older. And then they think, oh, look, I, I can take this, company and take over you know in their 40s and 50s and and they take over the business and then all of a sudden they realize that they were just managing a business they were never really running the business stuff behind or the stuff in front or the upfront or the staffing and
2: all those things fall apart because there's so many different issues involved yes and I guess for me there was no one really sort of mentoring or motivating me I had a background as an accountant and so I had I guess, those business skills so I could understand the numbers. Mm-hmm. So there's no sort of fear or risk in, in that side of it for me. Being an introvert, it's hard <laughs> to sort of be a manager of people and, and become a, a leader, like I prefer the term leader to manager. Yep. You know, I talk about the people I work with, not the people that work for me. Yes. And, you know, I it kind of rubs me up the wrong way when I meet other business owners and they say, these people work for me. It's like yeah, they work with you. A common, for a common goal. Uh, you should be working for them, and then yeah. that's
1: what the difference is. Yes. And
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I, I had some fairly inspiring lecturers through my university days, yeah. and uh, in fact, one of them was so inspirational for me that to put me on my path in my double degree in management information systems as well as the accounting, Right. and yeah, so it's just those kind of things along the way. I, I think the thing that I learnt most at university was was how to think, and that was something that I acquired those skills myself rather than being taught that and having those skills to, to know how to think, which sounds a little bit strange, but... Yeah, uh, but that's <laughs> the
1: thing. That Nowadays, they, they're teaching artificial intelligence. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, how to think is so important because a lot of people teach you but don't teach you how to study, which is also important. Look, this is... We're going to come back to it in a minute. We're going to have to take a break in a minute, but... Uh, Matt, welcome to the program. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Yeah, and we'll come back with you as well in a minute. I know that we've, we've it's, time's flown. Yes. We'll, we'll
3: come straight back. Thank you.
2: Looking
1: for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city.
0: Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited
2: to be bringing my program, Soundtrack of Your Life, to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.
0: Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1
3: Business with Peter Salerno.
1: Hey, thank you very much, and thank you to all our sponsors, of course. And uh, like we keep saying, please support the people that support us. Uh, we are Radio Italia Uno Happy Business here, and our special guest is Ben Ben O'Brien from uh, a company called Sybiz. S Y B I Z. Look them up; you'll be impressed look, I just want to say thank you to our sponsors. We've had a couple of people that have recently joined us. And of course, if you want to advertise your business, now is a perfect time because we're offering special, special deals with the COVID lockdown. Every business has suffered and we're trying to help as many South Australian businesses as we can. And of course, or any other business because um, we are, you know, at at the moment going national and international. So we, we certainly want to help promote your business. So get in touch with uh, Radio Italia Uno and allow us to help you. Ben is our special guest and from Cybers. Ben, thank you for coming in today and especially thank you for staying with us. I, I just want to say, you, it's funny because you say, you were saying before how um, you know managing people and leading people is, is a big difference. And a friend of ours that was on a program just last week um, has written a book, and the book is actually the difference between thinking and managing, and thinking and leading, and being a leader in a business rather than a manager in a business. And people will follow a leader very quickly, <laughs> where they don't always follow the manager. <laughs> but uh, so it's a different uh, concept. Mm. But it's also interesting that you say that you're an introvert, and and yet you 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 know you got a, a quite an outgoing personality and. You know, I know that I've seen you do comedy <laughs> as a stand-up comic, you know, and uh, normally introverts don't do stand-up comedy.
2: Um, I, th- I think there are a lot of introverts out there on the on the circuit and, you know, for, for me it was just a, a personal challenge. I I like to challenge myself in things that I'm naturally uncomfortable with. Excellent. I'm, I'm scared of heights, but I've done aerobatics, hot Ooh. air ballooning, uh, went in the Holden Blimp a few years ago. Wow. So all of those kind of things that are a bit of a challenge. and. Yep. And I think that's how you sort of overcome things that you might be, uh, you know, not where you, you'd like to be. I, to-
3: I totally agree. I mean, I did the same things. I uh, I didn't ask a girl on a date till I was twenty six. I mean, I had uh, I went to nationals in boxing and swimming, so they asked me out, but I was too. Aff- I mean, it was always even a joke where the girl would say they tell her girlfriend so and so go out with you if. You ask her, and I'd be like, oh, okay, great. And I would do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <I'm> <laughs> they'd have to come to me. So, I mean, and I did the same thing with my pilot's license. You know, I, I was, I'm afraid of heights, so that's why I went to jump school and got a pilot's license. Oh, wow. You know, so, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of introverts out there. And the point that I'd like to make real quick that Ben's made in a, in a roundabout matter, I just want to be blunt for, for those of us that are slow, is that you can remake yourself you can reinvent yourself. Yes. And you know, and that you can do that to be successful. And, well, that's what, and that's what the best people do. They use their weaknesses and they say, "How do I turn this into a strength?"
1: Well, that's what we talk about here all the time about good point Matt because we we talk about that. We talk about how to look at keeping increasing and like, you know, One minute you're an employee, next minute you think, wow, this is a sinking ship at the moment. Mm. And you realise that it was a sinking ship or this is an abandoned ship, you know. And and they sort of looked after all the spot fires and didn't look after you because Mm. you were looking after yourself so well. And big head office was, you know, Preoccupied with other things, and let you drift off, you know. And then all of a sudden, you think, "Hang on a minute, we want to be in front of the fleet, not at the end of the fleet, or Mm -hmm. we want to be, you know, cruising along, not just in the backwaters." So you took over. So that—that's what I'm interested in. Is what the click that in your head, you know, what is it that made you want to take over? What is it that put you there to say, right? We don't want to be at the back. We want to be at the front. We don't want to be in the backwaters. We want to be in the flow, you know, mm-hmm. and and I admire you and I admire the fact that you have done that and th- the fact that you say you're an introvert, maybe you should rethink that and say, well, I'm a different side of introvert or, you know, there are spectrums of it or yes. something because I've seen you, you know, in a crowd, I've seen you in public, I've seen you performing and, you know, in all those situations, you are actually quite good. So the point is that, like Matt said, you whoever you are now, whoever listening to this, don't believe what your parents have said to you. Don't believe what other people have said to you. Because I was talking to somebody just over Easter, you know, just this last weekend and, and people were saying, oh, they're very shy, they're very shy. And, and and we were playing with the kids and we were playing with, with people, you know, and all of a sudden this person says, oh, they're very shy. And then When we said, well, no, come, you come play with us. You know, let's, let's go and do this, this. All of a sudden the kids out there leading the crowd, you know, and and I thought there's nothing shy about this person because their parents keep telling them that they're shy. That's why they become shy or they start Mm -hmm. acting that way around their parents. And people in business today really need to look at what they're doing, why they're doing, how they're doing it and what's holding them back or what do they need to do to take them to the next level. And that's what I'm impressed about what you did, that you and your partner, obviously, he, she, they uh, are, are smart enough with you to say, hang on, let's form this partnership, you and I work together,
2: and yes. you took over the business. Mm-mm. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's a bit of a blur as to how it all happened, but uh, <laughs> and just, just uh, I mean, going going back to the, the people aspect of it, uh, one of the uh, things that I've learned through, through the journey is um, psychometric testing and, and learning about personalities and personalities and, and their fit for roles. Yes. And so going back to this introvert-extrovert thing, one of the, the best definitions of sort of more introverted personality is that they're not social initiators. So oh. uh, that means that uh, once you get them going there, they're fine and, and almost indistinguishable from an extrovert, but mm-hmm. they're not going to be the ones that are going to start that process. But once yeah. they're in it, uh, you know, for myself, sometimes I go, you know, leaving the house and going to this party or whatnot. But once I'm there, I'm I have the time yeah. of my life, and yeah. and uh, so yeah, it's just sort of learning those those intricacies and and about who you are and and uh, I mean that that psychometric testing was very beneficial for a lot of the roles that we feel One of my favourite questions to ask people in an interview is, what, in your career to date, what has been your biggest stuff up? And you get really great answers in to that question <laughs> and. And so if you're employing someone where attention to detail is a is a very key part of their role, they're going to uh, remember something really small, but it might have happened five years ago. But because they have attention to detail, they also have a sensitivity to criticism. So they'll mm. remember these things like they happened yesterday and the, yeah. they were bigger than Ben-Hur. Yeah, uh, We did get some funny stories. Which um, was on
1: television last night, <laughs> but that's all right.
2: But, uh, yeah, we had one guy who actually uh, shut down the production line at Holden's uh, accidentally. He just programmed in something incorrectly in in the production line and and shut that down for 12 hours while they fixed the bugs in his software. 12 hours? Yeah, so it's... uh, yeah, sorry, I got a bit yeah. off track. No no, no, but that's, so, no, no, that's
1: appropriate. That's appropriate because that's what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about people doing that mistake. There was um, How
3: long was he working at McDonald's after that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I tell you, there, that brings up a story that in America, there was this uh, company that owns all the foundries and all the rest of it. They're Iron American. What You probably know it, the Iron Steel Company or whatever it is, one of the biggest steel companies in the world. And they were setting up foundries and, and production lines and all the rest of it. And they had this special engineer and this team of guys setting this up. And this guy went over and, and certain little foundries and he set up this foundry. And way, way, way back there in the, in the 19th, beginning of the 19th century, he set something up. And as this thing came along... It was supposed to go around a corner to something else, but they didn't set the corner up properly and there was not enough block at the end, so it just kept going and it it went straight through the end of the production line ended up going through the wall of the factory and and destroyed a lot of things. And way, way back then, it cost them like $20,000 to fix it. So this guy gets a phone call from head office in New York and says... I want to see you here tomorrow morning. Get on a plane now. And the guy says, oh, my God, not only is he going to fire me, but he's going to kill me first, you know, personally. So the story goes that he flew all the way overnight, red eye to, to New York, hops in a taxi, flies in, you know, he's right in, straight from the airport, straight to the office. He said, not even going to the hotel, not even going to shower, whatever. You know, just as he was, he waited there, and, he, you know, the first one that opened the door, he was there because the plane had arrived overnight. And he just sat in the foyer waiting for the big boss. And the big boss, you know, finally came and he saw him walk in and, uh, you know, it took a while for him to call him in. And then he finally called him in. He said, right, he's standing there right opposite. And he said something about like, okay, what happened? Tell me what happened first. And the guy says, well, you know, like, I'm sorry, you're You know, I know you're going to find me. I know you I'm very, very sorry. He said, we, we set up the line. We did this, we did that. We, we even did a run and it worked, worked all right. He said, but when the flow came, it, it overflowed. Uh, for a a second or something, you know, Mm. two seconds and it it put a big lump in it or something and it got to the end and that little extra just pushed it and he said, okay, well, what do we have to do to fix that? He said, because that's been happening in every production, you know, in every foundry. He said, what do we have to do to fix it? He says, can you fix it? And the guy sort of looked at him and said, Yeah, yeah, we worked it out. We fixed it up. It's already working. You know, we fixed it before you were told. You know, by the time you got the telegram, we'd already fixed it. He said, So what's happening now? He said, Tell me what's happening. He said, No, no, that production in full production. Overnight we fixed it up and it's in full production and everything else, you know, it's all working. He said, So you're telling me now that that's already fixed up? He said, Yes, sir, it's already fixed up. He said, Look, I'm sorry. He said, I know you're going to fire me. He said, Fire you. He said, you know how much that cost to fix? He said, yes, sir. He said, we just calculated it as £21,000 and that way back then it was like equivalent to whatever today was in in millions, you know. He said, yeah. He said, so do you think I'm going to fire you now after I've just invested $21,000 into you? He said, what I want you to do is get on that phone right now. He said, you ring up every one of those foundries, make sure that they've got that same process in place. He said, and then tomorrow he said, I want you to go visit every one of those foundries and make sure that the production line is set up the way you've just told me it should have been set up. And he said, so you're not going to fire me? <laughs> you know but that's what happens in business. People should learn from their mistakes and of course, not only should learn from their mistakes, but should share it so that people know it. What I'm trying to do here with happy business is say, look, here's a very, very successful man who's running Cybers. Here's a business that was left to you know in the backwaters. By an international company, you you know, and just left a f- flounder on your own. All of a sudden, you said, "Well, look, if you're not going to look after us, can we buy it? Can we buy it and look after it?" That's got to be admired. That's got to be you know. We should write a book about it. People <laughs> should know about it. This is what I'm saying. And if people know about that and what you did, then they say there's no reason why I can't do it. Now, at the moment, with the COVID hitting all across the world and in some places third and fourth wave already. Right, And yesterday we were talking to our relatives in Europe and in Italy and Poland and they've got a third wave coming. It's really bad. You know, there's 500 people a day dying just in Warsaw. You know, I was told about in Malaysia where people are just dying in the streets. People were walking along and just dropped down dead and nobody picked them up. And this guy was telling me yesterday. So I'm thinking, wow, and that's still happening today. We don't hear about it because they don't advertise it. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're not letting international newspapers know about it, but there's a lot of things happening around the world that we haven't heard, you know. And of course, this is what I'm trying to say we need to share this information as much as possible. And I encourage my listeners to get in touch with me, let me know. Like I say, I don't know this information, I might not be able to help you, but I certainly know who can. You know, I'll put you in touch with Ben. I'll put you in touch with Matt. I'll put you in touch with Ron. I'll put you in touch with, you know, last week we had Rex and the week before that, and this week we've got uh, Dr. Peng or one of the other people on listening, you know, and we, we've we got experts that we can put you in touch with, you know, so if anybody out there has any questions about anything to do with business, give us a call. Now, we, again, we're going to take another break, but what I want to talk to you about is how you handle your staff or how your staff handle you. Now, um, how many staff do you have here in Adelaide at the moment?
2: Is uh, 30? Around about 25 in, in Adelaide. Yep. A lot of part-timers uh, with uh, returning to, to work after having children and things like mm-hmm. that as well. So uh, that's why I say about 25. Cause yeah. They,
1: they so it's a floating uh, number of people. Yes. But, but you also have a, an office that looks after New Zealand, don't you? Yes. So there's staff that look after New Zealand. Yes. So what, what we'll do, we'll... we'll um, after this, we'll, we'll just take a break. Uh, uh, thank you to all our sponsors, and we'll come back and talk about your staff and how you handle your staff and, and that side of things, all right? Fantastic. And whatever um, challenges you've had.
2: Yo. Ciao. Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, caesar stone, Unique Stone. Granito, Marmo, Caesarstone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone benchtops to your kitchen, bathroom or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now. 82-66-2280. Unique Stone. We won't be beaten. Come on, que se facin'? Yo, chiama adesso.
0: Lo sapevi che l'82% delle persone richiama più facilmente il nome di un'azienda vedendolo scritto su carta che in una pubblicità sui social media continua a valorizzare i metodi più tradizionali, toccare e tenere nelle proprie mani biglietti da visita, calendari promozionali, cataloghi. Maria Studio Printing è il tuo partner creativo di stampa e di marketing ideale. Si occupano di graphic design, sviluppo web, gestione di stampa, routing CNC e 3D carving, fotografia commerciale e riprese, offrendo consegne nello stesso giorno, o entro tre giorni lavorativi. Maria Studio Printing può portare alla luce i tuoi progetti e crescere la tua impresa è facile. Per saperne di più, chiama l'8352-1268. Join me,
2: Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. for Talking Real Estate. Your guide to Real Estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts. Plus, report on the Italian property market. And let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions.
0: And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my
2: open home of the week on Radio Italia Uno, eighty-seven point six FM, talking real estate every Saturday morning from nine till ten a.m. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show.
0: Radio Italia Uno. Sito internet www.italia1.com.au. Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram.
2: Radio Italia Uno.
1: You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you very much. And of course, thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you to all our listeners. And of course, right across the world, the people that are listening to us right now, don't forget, if you have any questions, anything about this program or any of the other podcasts that you listen to or any of our programs that you listen to on Radio Italia Uno, Give me a call, send me a text, and uh, let me know. Send me an email. Get in touch with us through Happy Business Radio. I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. I I just wanted to say also before I go, there was a couple of people that from last week's program that sent me some notes, and I've answered them. There was uh, one person that I couldn't really understand the message. Somebody left me a message on my phone. And ask the question about it. Now, I have also sent you back a text message. So if you please get back to me, then I'll be able to uh, find out exactly what it is you wanted. Because just over the weekend, I I got that message. So somebody left a message. But unfortunately, because it was either from overseas or locally, and I last week was interstate. So uh, where I was, I couldn't get all the message. But it came off very... Like I was underwater. (laughs) But anyway, thank you for that. Now, we'll, we'll come straight back to Ben about his
3: staffing and stuff. But Matt, you had a couple of questions you want to ask Ben. Well, I just want to point out a couple things because I, I, there was a lot of really powerful information that he just kind of whoosh, went right through because it's <laughs> second nature to him. But a lot of students are listening, and I really want to point out yeah. something he said about he went to university to learn how to think. And until about 70 or 80 years ago, that was the basis of education, yeah. was teaching people to think. I mean, yeah. because unless you're a doctor or an engineer, you use, and, and I say this as somebody that graduated first in my class in university, okay, and has four degrees. You don't use any of it, okay? I'm sorry yeah. to be negative, but you don't use any of it. And if I had to do all over again, I wouldn't have studied as hard. But, you know, I shouldn't say that. Maybe we edit that part out. No, <laughs> okay. no, no. Listen, but, I- but the reality is you need to, the point is to learn to think. And then, because you're constantly retraining yourself, even if you're in a technical field like medicine or engineering, you have to keep up with every single technical and medical journal, you have to constantly be retraining yourself, and the... Purpose of education is to teach you to think to be a student for your entire life. Yep. And, I, and I think that. that's a very important thing to say. To Look, I,
1: I, I want to add to that because this, this uh, Matt, that was a very, very good point. And Ben, I appreciate the fact that you said that because the, the biggest problem I had when I was at school and even today when I looked at people, they don't teach them how to study, mm. Right. I mean, I, I didn't know how to read and write because I came to Australia, I couldn't read, couldn't write, couldn't speak the language. So I had to start from basic all over again. But uh, I never had proper teaching on how to read and write. And plus I was very dyslexic. So I found it very hard to read and write. So to, I never got the rudiments of music, the basics of, of the reading. So for me, it was hard to learn to read. It was hard to learn to, to do that. But the fact th- is today, unfortunately, we don't teach people to study and we don't teach people to think because what happens is we just teach people to read what somebody else has already written. They go on Google, they go on uh, WhatsApp, they go on uh, uh, Wikipedia and all these other research papers. So all they're doing, they research what somebody else has written. And the other day I was reading something and it was funny. I said, this guy put something in the paper, put something on the newspaper. So there was uh, things on Facebook about it. He said, you don't expect me to research what I put on there, whether it's true or false. He said it was on there, so I just, you know, put it back on, you know. So people are rehashing stuff that they've read without checking whether it ever was true, you know. And and a doctor was saying, how can we know that this COVID thing is correct because we're just being told what to say. They, They can't research it themselves because the only thing they research is what somebody else has
2: written. And that's terrible. It is. And I think also with education these days, it's a lot about teaching people how to pass the exam, not mm. necessarily retain yeah. the knowledge and, and apply true. the knowledge. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I know so many people. I went, yeah, in medical school. I, I was pre med and I decided not to be a doctor because, I mean, doctors. I mean, we know so little about the human body. I figured I, I didn't have to go to school for eight years to just say I don't know. <laughs> um, so many of them were just, had no, the questions you would get, you here in class, you'd be like, okay, you're getting an A in this class, but you understand nothing that you just learned in the test. They, they just, yeah, you, well, it's I had amazing. And, and, and that problem started long before Google and the internet and all this stuff. This has been a problem we've had for close to 100 years where we've moved away from teaching people about the world and how to think. And how
1: to learn, yeah. And how to
3: learn and how to question versus just rote memorization. And re-
1: remember till the exam and then it doesn't matter. And that's well, what exactly. people do. They they cram for the exam and within seven days of the exam, if they did an exam seven days later, they'd only remember about 60% of it. Then it goes down to 40% within the fortnight later. It's so quickly that you forget the information.
3: Definitely. And but just, just real quick, because uh, for time's sake, um, you, you, your partner, you're 50-50 exactly, so there's no 51-49 in your business, <laughs> correct? <laughs> wow, they say the toughest ship uh, to manage is a partnership. So that's, that's, that's impressive. I mean, I don't know how you manage that relationship. That might be great if you have a minute or two to talk about that. And the other thing I want to say real quick is the way you've set up your business is like a submarine, which is real smart. How, you know, if something goes wrong with one part, you can comp, you can close that hatch and, you know, let it fill with water and the (laughs) sub keeps going. (laughs) So, I mean, if you can spend, you know, 30 seconds, uh, maybe just talking about how important it is to set up your business structure correctly because uh, I think very few business people spend any time thinking about that. They use their own name or they just set up one company and they think they're protected and and that's just, that's not the
2: case. Yeah and I guess for us the the driver was we were both involved in the business for a number of years before we took it over but it was even at that point in time a, a fairly old business over 20 years old and and we didn't know all of the skeletons in the closet. We didn't know whether there'd be some some sort of sleeping lawsuit waiting to, to jump us. And so we took the advice through Piper Alderman Lawyers here in, in Adelaide to set those structures up just to sort of say, OK, well, if there is something that sort of comes out of the woodwork from five years ago that we didn't know about, and we could just basically shut down one of the companies and, and move everything into... One of the other companies, and and uh, just protect ourselves a, a, bit, a bit better there, and thankfully, uh, none of that transpired. And and certainly, fifteen years down the track, now it's very <laughs> unlikely that something will come you out of the don't woodwork. Don't say that. So, <laughs> Ben,
1: Ben, we've only got a few more minutes, but I wanted to ask you, what's the major staffing issue you've had? Or uh, you know, yeah. like, have you had like somebody make a big blunder or something like that? With, which is you know affected you, and how
2: did you overcome it? We've been uh, quite fortunate, just sort of um, talking to peers as well. I mean, we've always had a fairly uh, good mutual respect with our with our staff, um, and there there are some of our staff members who will literally take a bullet for the company and a bullet for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's I'm not quite sure why. I'm not quite <laughs> sure exactly. Um, that's exactly why, because <laughs> your attitude is that. Yeah, you got instead the instead right of attitude. you're entitled. Yes, and yeah. yeah, that's I think yeah I'll I'll, I'll take that, but. Uh, uh, it is uh, nice to see well, we've got such longevity in our staff as well. So the average mm. would be probably twelve years. Wow, and that's good. Uh, a number of staff. Uh, I, I think I'm only ranked third in terms of uh, length of time with the company, with twenty three years tomorrow. And uh, uh, so it's it's good to see that uh, there's great camaraderie, We've got a, a very multicultural staff. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite staffing uh, stories, I guess, is the people that have come from different countries and gone through the visa process we've supported yep. them uh, and you know they go and get their naturalization and become australian citizens and and that just fills me with such joy
1: yeah that's that's a that's a, a great thing when you've got somebody who's come from another country uh, to work for you and then worked here and become a citizen they really appreciate the fact that what you've done for them and when they've when they pay you back in in many many other ways isn't it
2: yeah yeah exactly and i get another uh, touching story as well is uh, with our dealer network and our, and our staff itself there's been about uh, 10 marriages formed out of people who've met through the cyber's community yep. over the years and and uh, yeah that's pretty special
1: oh great terrific so the the migration and the population yes. <laughs> <laughs> look we're, we're going to take another break now we're going to come back with matt um, and his uh, motivational uh, session okay <music>
0: At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56... Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance Underwriting Agency. Proprietary Limited. Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance. Australia Limited. Have you heard of podcasts? Podcasts are like having a personal radio station that people can listen to on demand about topics they are interested in. And now thanks to Podcast City, you can record your own podcast and have your own on-demand radio show. You can use our professional recording equipment at the studios of Radio Italia Uno, or Podcast City can come to your location with our mobile studio. Podcast City can just record your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist, or book a time to record your podcast, call radio italia uno on 82123177 or go to podcastcity.com.au podcast city podcasting the easy way now it's time for a mentoring session with happy business radio
1: every week we bring you a little motivational story to uh, just to motivate you and make you inspire And this week we've asked Matt to do the story.
3: So, Matt, over to you. Hello, I'm Matt McQuinley, and today I want to talk about Major James Nesmith. Major James Nesmith was a POW in a Vietnamese prison camp for over seven years. Most of the time he was spent in solitary confinement. He was tortured. He had dysentery. He was fed less than 150 calories a day, which is the equivalent of an apple and a half. Or, if you like to fly, three of those little tiny bags of peanuts on the airplane. Of course, Major Nesmith didn't get to do a lot of flying in solitary confinement. His cell was only four and a half feet tall and five feet long long so he couldn't stand up or even stretch his legs out all the way between beatings and between tortures to keep himself sane he would visualize playing golf he loved to play golf he wasn't very good he shot in the high 90s but he had no he had a lot of free time so he would spend 4 hours a day visualizing playing 18 holes on his favorite golf course. He would visualize everything. The clothes he wore, the f- sound of the grass under his feet as he would walk to the first tee, the smell of the fresh cut grass, the sound of the sprinklers, the squirrels running in the trees, the wind through the leaves, every single aspect from putting the tee into the to the ground to the angle he put the tee at to the logo on the ball and where it was facing. And because he was visualizing, He visualized himself as a better golfer than he really was. He never sliced. He never hit a water hazard. He never ended up in a sand trap. He did this for seven years, four hours a day. Well, eventually he was released from prison, luckily. And even though he was merely skin and bones when he got out, he went out and he played a a game of 18 holes at his favorite golf course that he'd visualized for the last seven years as a reward for surviving. He shot a 74, which was 20 strokes less than his best game ever. You see, the mind doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination subconsciously. This includes all sorts of training. And if we're going to train our minds, let's train it for good things. The Russians found out about Major Nesmith, and in the 1980 Olympics team, they trained their athletes this exact way. They took four different groups. They had one group that trained only physically in golf, played golf all the time. Then they had another group that played golf 75% of their training hours and spent 25% of their time visualizing playing golf. Then they moved to 50-50. The last group, group four, they only played golf 25% of their training time. The other 75% of their training time, they visualized the game. And guess what? Which group improved the most? You guessed it, group four. Visualization is not the only key to success, but it is a very, very powerful one. And I have to ask myself this, and I think you should too. If Major Nesmith, merely by visualizing his success and putting in a little bit of effort, accomplished something like that, what can you accomplish? I urge you to find out.
1: listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for staying with us right through the program. And we are having so much fun here already. Obviously, while the ads are on, we're still talking, we're finding out more about each other and working out. And there's so many more questions we want to ask. But what's most important to me and to us here is we'd like to know any questions that you have so don't worry, if you hear this program, even if you hear it in, you know, long time after we've uh, released it or whatever, get in touch with us. Get Send me an email, send me a text, send me a message through Radio Italia Uno or through Happy Business Radio. I'm more than happy to answer any questions you have. Now, the, again, like I said, please support the people that support us. And if we can help you support your business and promote your business, let us know. Ben, thank you very much for staying with us today. It's been great having you in the studio. You know, I'm sort of learning more about you all the time. (laughs) And uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you was a couple of things quickly before we go is we want to know about what your ideal customer is. But before we go to that, I want to know what's a a major staff stuff up that's happened. And we want to know how you overcome it.
2: Yeah, and that's, I guess, a fairly interesting one because I don't want to sort of throw anyone under the bus. Oh, yeah, but I'll no, <laughs>
1: just generally. We're
2: I'll, not, not I'll, mentioning names. I'll go back to a, a, an early example where we, we used to produce our software onto physical media yeah. and there was a, one time we were doing a major software release. Uh, thousands upon thousands of, of discs had all been pre-manufactured and then it was found that uh, someone hadn't put the right aspect of a program onto the disc and mm. so all of those discs thousands of dollars worth all had to go into landfill so and that was just something where you you live and you learn and, and so we put some better processes in place again this was before I owned the company yes. so I'm blaming the the old people but uh, <laughs> yeah and and that that's I think part of what you do in business if if something doesn't go right rather than try and Blame people. You look at it and go, "How can we make this better next time? How can we stop it from happening again?" And and one of my mantras with with business as well is: the first time something happens, it's a learning experience. The second time is a mistake.
3: My father used to say cynically that uh, to uh, err is human, but to blame others shows true management potential.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the thing that's important is. The the people that made the mistake. I mean, was it just one person, or was it in it, like a few people that overlooked it? Ultimately, it was a few people. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. So it's it's like I, I heard that uh, iPhone brought out a, a phone, and uh, there was so so much in a rush to bring it all out and put all this new as uh, bing bang and whistles and bells and whistles in it and everything else. And then they released it, and after it was released, they realised there was no camera with it. Yeah, And the mo- th- one of the most important things that people use their phones for is with a camera. And immediately they had to reproduce a new one. Yes. But that was like a production line and, you know, millions of dollars would have gone into setting that up and doing it and, and all the bells and whistles in that new phone. And the, the one thing that everybody uses was the camera and they use that all the time. There was no camera in it.
2: And nobody uses the phone. Yeah,
1: well, you know, like people use a camera all the time you know, looking at each other, talking to each other, sending messages to each other. And if there's no camera in it, you can't do that. You know, FaceTime, all those other things weren't able to be used. Yeah. Now, you know, like they squashed it straight away. They didn't even talk about it. And if you look it up, you probably won't find it, yes. you know. But I remember a few years back now it happened. Um, and, and that's also a point. So how do you deal with staff and other issues that you've had, you know? Uh,
2: I think, uh, as I said, it's about coaching them rather than lambasting them. It's it's about, okay, in investing in them to invest in the process of, of making it better, putting things in place to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Occasionally, it's just giving a bit of coaching about a specific thing that they may be uh, not getting right and working with the individual, not, not taking one size fits all approach. I think that's a key aspect mm-hmm. of leadership. You can't, what motivates one person won't motivate the next person. Yes. I've
3: always felt that, you know, and one of the challenges I've had in my career is w- I've always felt that anybody can do anything if you motivate them properly and you, you know, are willing to spend the time in teaching them properly. Yep. And unfortunately it's, I've got burned on that quite a few times and, and uh, I've beaten dead horses far too long. Uh, How do you make a judgment on when it's time to uh, cut bait, as they would say, and move on?
2: I think first and foremost, I've come to the realization that you need your superstar staff and you need your stalwarts, the reliable people who are never going to be superstars. But Mm -hmm. then, yeah, you do get the people who you don't want in the business. They're they're just never going to even do a competent job. Uh, They've interviewed well, they've got the job. And for those kind of people, I take a micromanagement approach. It's a, uh, you know, for a two-week period, every morning, first thing they do is they meet with me. At the end of the day, they meet with me. And every single time I've done that, it's only been a handful of times and, and probably none in the last sort of 10, 12 years, uh, the people themselves have come to the realisation that they're not right for the business and so they've left of their own volition. Mm, mm.
3: That's the key is make yeah. them feel like they decided to leave then they got fired. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always do that. Now, that's the, smart. Uh, the
1: other thing that we want to um, close on, of course, or, you know, we're, you know, we're talking about this all the way through, but tell us what your ideal customer is and how we can help you grow your business.
2: Well, our ideal customer is what we call a, a mid-market customer in, in Australia. So that's 20 to 100 employees, and, and most of our customers are in that sweet spot. We have some with much larger businesses. And so our accounting and payroll software is used in not-for-profits, mining services companies, tourism, uh, top-level sporting clubs, a whole range of uh, uh, import-export, warehousing, manufacturing, yep. uh, the whole gambit. So as long as they're that sort of sophisticated business, that sort of 20 to 100 employees, uh, that, that's our, our sweet spot. But uh, certainly because we, we don't really target a particular industry segment, right? it's uh, a fairly broad-reaching uh, software package that we provide. So yours
1: is really a software package for um, payroll?
2: It's is that payroll and accounting or the... the Fancy term these days is ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it uh, has things like stock control, um, it, uh, multiple, multiple currencies, uh, warehousing, manufacturing, servicing, CRM, mm-hmm. and yeah, general ledger, uh, tax management, and all of those sorts of things as well. Fair
1: enough. So if, if a small business came to you and said, look, i can you help me with this, this and this? You'd say, no, here, we'll handball you to them <laughs> or exactly. handball you to somebody else. But if a bigger business came, you said, yep, that's exactly what we do.
2: That's spot on. So and we do do that. So we'll have a micro business come to us and say, yep, we're not the people for you. Go with these guys. And then in three, five years' time, when you've grown your business, yep. become successful, that's when we step in.
1: Fantastic. Okay, so basically you're doing exactly what I just said. You know, if you can't help them, you'll, you'll know who you who can and uh, you recommend somebody else. Exactly. Thank you very much. Ben, been a pleasure having you in here. Thank you very much for coming into Radio Italia Uno and being with us on Happy Business Radio. Matt, Mm. as always, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Ron, thank you for podcasting this with us. And thank you to all our listeners around the world. Thank you so much. Please keep those messages coming in. Any questions you have, send us a message. Send me an email through Radio Italia Uno or through happy business radio send me a message or whatever and i'm here to help thank you very much have a wonderful time
0: you have been listening to happy business radio with peter salerno catch our show every monday from 2 to 3 p.m on radio italia uno 87.6 fm